and welcome to season two of the Jenny Talks podcast. In this season, we'll be focusing on conversations with people about creating new opportunities, communities and spaces, young people and youth workers to engage with as a result of the pandemic. My book, From Isolation to Community, Youth Work in the Covid Era and Beyond, captures a snapshot of what has been happening this past year and is available now. In this, I have recorded the stories of many people working with young people across the UK during the pandemic. We will be hearing from some of these same youth workers, but also from others who I've come across who are doing some amazing things to engage, enable and encourage young people to really thrive despite all the restrictions on us in these pandemic times. You can buy the book by going to my website www.jennyosborne.org and clicking on one of the options there. One of my passions has been supporting those who work with young people and this was part of the aim of the book to showcase and reflect on the work that's happening up and down the country. I also offer mentoring for youth workers, regular sessions over a six month period to support them in their roles, acting as a sounding board or as an encourager to make small changes, thinking different things through. If you're interested in mentoring or having conversations about the theme from the book, then I'm available for resourcing and reflecting with the team. For encouraging youth workers to consider the impact of this pandemic and how we would get in touch with me via the website. This episode is a conversation with Reverend Tim Richards, who is the chaplain at Chelsea Academy in West London, which is a Church of England Academy, large intake, encompasses different faiths. We talked about the role that a chaplain holds in a school community, about how much he enjoys conversations with young people and staff and how it has changed because of COVID. I'll just tell you that he was on dog looking after duty the morning I spoke to him, so any growling or scuffling noises in the background are not Tim, but the dog. I'll also point out that for some reason I struggled a bit through the interview to find my words. Some of you lovely listeners know that I'm a stroke survivor. I'm very fortunate to have very few after effects, but finding the right words at the right time is one that rears its head every now and then. You might not notice any difference, <laughs> but I do, and I wanted to explain that. So the next voice you'll hear is Tim's answering the question, what does your chaplaincy work look like? I hope you enjoy this conversation and don't forget to share. Um, yeah, so, so I work in Chelsea Academy, which is a secondary um, school, so Church of England secondary school. Um, so from a, children from age or students, I should say, from age 11 to 18, so we've got 1,100 students uh, from year okay. seven to 13. So quite a large academy yeah. um, in West London. And my role as chaplain, it's kind of twofold, really. I guess it's pastoral support and it's also leading on the teaching and promotion of the Christian ethos. Okay. Um, so we have five Christian values. Our vision is learning together to flourish. We have five Christian values, which is mm. joy, forgiveness, perseverance, servant leadership, and charity. I've got all five there. Yeah, um, well done. <laughs> thank you, yeah. Um, and the students get achievement points in those five values in their lessons, so their teachers can give them a perseverance achievement point if they're working really hard, for example. Um, so a lot of my work is around promoting those through assemblies, uh, through RE lessons, through coaching time, which is our tutor time. I produce a resource every week, a PowerPoint every week um, for the learning coaches to go through um, with their coaching group every single mm. week. And so we have a theme of the week each week on a Christian theme, which I lead on. 
um, and then I also do things like staff prayer, student prayer, so different okay. groups as well that I run, the kind of activities that I run. But essentially, mm. I guess the role is pastoral support, so I do mentoring as well with students, but also the leading of the, the Christian ethos as well. So it's kind of two folds, I guess, to the role of two parts. Yeah. That sounds like quite a role. There's there's a lot going on there, Tim. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. It keeps me busy. It's fair to say. So obviously yeah. during term time, it's it's yeah, it's um it's fast paced. It's challenging. It's rewarding. Um, yeah, I love absolutely love working with young people. So that's my passion. That's mm -hmm. what keeps me going and keeps me driven. Really, is working yeah. with them. And they're a, we have a fantastic group of students at Chelsea Academy. They're a, they're a great bunch. They. Yeah, as I say, challenging, um, rewarding, joyful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of the work I do is one-to-one -one mentoring with students. So okay. listening to students, talking to them, seeing how they're doing, checking in with them. Mm -hmm. And then also kind of seeing them in RE lessons um, and lunch clubs that I run and after-school clubs that I run as well. Yeah. So, so there's lots of different bits and bobs and yeah, bits yeah. the role, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, so how have things been kind of during the last year? I mean, it's been a bit of a mental year for everybody in yeah. lots of different ways. And I think schools have been really at the one of the epicenters of that, haven't they? Um, in terms of like different restrictions and different different ways of being. And, you know, some schools have had, I don't suppose many schools have closed completely and particularly not one in your sort of uh, from what sounds like quite a busy what a busy catchment area and that kind of thing so i guess so were you still were you still in school during the kind of lockdowns of this last year yeah so i've been um, in school with our key worker and vulnerable students so we had about a group of 50 students who were going into school uh, still Right. Um, so last summer before um, before the summer holidays and then obviously we were open again from September to Christmas and then we were for all our students and then we were closed again for all of our students from January to uh, March so yeah. and then the last few weeks of term we've had everyone back in again but yeah. during those times I've still been going in two or three times a week um, to support the key work and vulnerable students so I said about 50 students coming in we had about five groups of 10 so a much kind of more quiet smaller yeah, environment yeah. Um, doing a lot of PE and physical activity with them um, as well as their usual online lessons so we had staff teachers at home uh, teaching on Google Meet and the students logging on so my job going in with the key worker students was just to supervise them whilst they were on a laptop okay. so I had a group of 10 for example when I was in yeah. all on laptops all kind of logging onto their English and maths lessons and that sort of thing um, yeah, yeah. also just checking with them as well a lot of the students that I do mentoring with are either children of key workers or vulnerable children so mm. I was doing quite a bit of mentoring as well mm. uh, during the kind of during the summer during that time so and during the, the last few months really from January to March so yeah mm. it's been it's been kind of a uh, very different I guess going in two or three times a week and then working from home a couple of days a week um, and then suddenly, and then obviously, suddenly we, we were back in as of um, beginning of March. So kind mm, of students mm. come back in doing testing or COVID tests on site. Yeah. Uh, and then we've given now they have test kits to take them home and do them at home. So, yeah, it's been a very, yeah, very different year, I guess, to my previous four or five years at Chelsea Academy. It's been a very, very, yeah. very different year. Um, but I've still been able to be in and supporting the students, which has been good. That's yeah, that sounds like quite a it's 
the number of people I've spoken to whose roles have kind of changed so dramatically in this last year. Um, some of them kind of saying, well, we're going to keep on with some of this stuff that we've that we've moved to. Um, but I guess from a school point of view, really what you're looking at perhaps is a, is a bit more of a return to what was normal um, pre, pre-pandemic and kind of the, still doing the support and the work with um your young people that you were mentoring and the and, and all of that sort of stuff. Um and so I guess in a way it sounds like COVID maybe hasn't changed your job dramatically in the longer term. Would you say that was sort of true or how would what do you think? Yeah, I guess um the interesting one I guess is that some of the I guess we're finding lots of students now are coming forwards for mentoring who maybe hadn't done before because they've lost someone in the last year to coronavirus. Or also, even if they haven't lost someone themselves, they've still felt quite stressed and anxious in the last year. So we're having, yeah. I guess, more students coming forwards with kind of mental health needs or mm. um, a reason for them to speak to a mentor or a counsellor. We have a counselling provision in the school as well. I guess the other way it's changed is um, some of the after-school youth clubs that I was running with the local church and the local youth centre we haven't been able to start those up again mm, yet. Mm. we're not sure whether they're when and if they're going to be able to start again so i was doing mm. a weekly youth after school drop in at the local youth club on the world's end estate which is down the road from the school mm. um, and i was doing an after school drop in on a thursday once a week in the local church with, with the local ch- church youth workers so sure. those two haven't been able to start up again um, mm, as mm. of yet so that's a real shame so i'm finding in terms of my role after school um, I'm, I'm doing kind of an off-school duty in the community where I have a walk to World's End, check the students are okay. Some mm. of the students are hanging around a bit before they go home, but not too many. But usually we'd be able to offer kind of an after-school club for them to drop in, mm. have some eat mm. and drink, play some table tennis, socialise a bit, um, have some conversations with them, which we're not having as much, I guess, at the moment, which mm. I think is, is a change, which I think is a shame. And I guess the other part of my role, which has changed, and again, hopefully we'll go back to normal in time, is is the trips element. So, so I organise a number of trips, normally to Westminster Abbey, St. Paul's Cathedral. Okay, yeah. Um, the Life of Christ production is another one we like to go to as well. Yeah, we'll yeah. To. So we're hoping to do those sort of things, but it might be the summer, it might be September for trips. We'll just have to see. Yeah, that's really difficult to call at the moment, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think we're, we're, we're at such a kind of uh, tricky stage right now to kind of mm. be able to say for definite whether all those things are, are going to be taking place. So it sounds very much like you're really embedded not only in the school, but also in your sort of local community um, as well, Tim. Just can you tell us a bit more about that? Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so so my role and, and one of my colleagues' role as well is to, is to go into the community, is kind of to have a community link uh, with mm. our role to go into the community after school. So not at the moment, it's um, a matter of going on a, a, a kind of a walk at the moment, a community walk mm. Uh, mm. where we will have kind of chats with the young people after school and just check they're okay, check they're getting home okay and everything, getting on the bus and everything okay. But, but in the past, I guess, until last year, what we were doing is running... Um, youth clubs in the local communities mm, so mm. one with um saint john's church chelsea which is just down the road from us um on an, in an after school just doing an after school club 
mm. essentially because um well i thought it'd be good to link up with my local churches you know as part of my role as chaplain but also give the young people something positive to do after school so trying to kind of give them something to do um that's positive really in the community you know once they're finished with the school day uh, mm. the other one was with the local ch the local community center they run evening kind of clubs but i, mm. I kind of talked to the youth worker there and thought could we do an after school club to kind of bridge that gap so for a lot mm, of our young mm. people they they want something to do straight after school yeah 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 and otherwise they just kind of hang around in the community so it was just a way of kind of giving them something to do and that's positive that's fun yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah. straight after school where they can meet other other students or other young people and um, making sure I know all the students who attend because I go to those clubs and help with those clubs but they're, sure. they're run in partnership with the church and, and the youth centre as well yeah so how how many kids were you getting at those after school kind of groups yeah I think on average to the church one it was kind of between 20 and 30 when things closed down last year okay. between 20 and 30 students and the youth centre one between 10 and 20 I would say so right. uh, we started off with very very large numbers when we first launched we did like a pizza party and we we're getting 50 young people come to wow. them and kind of, <laughs> oh yeah it was kind of yeah exactly lots of pizza and they yeah they loved it whereas I think over time it's obviously dropped off a little bit um sure. those numbers have, and we've kind of got more of a core group rather than lots yeah. of students who are excited about pizza we've got students who actually <laughs> want to come to the club and and play table tennis or play table football or pool whatever it is so that's kind of how it's changed I guess and evolved over time so yeah, yeah. That's, um that's one way it's changed so yeah yeah okay I think the after school stuff is is really you know it's it's an important resource for for the young people so it must have been really hard mm. um to see all of that stop really um, yeah and i'm just you know I'm trying to kind of remember that sense of shock that we had at this time last year when mm. everything did just stop and and there was this i'm a, i'm i'm a parent of um i have a 15 year old and an 11 year old okay and when they when the schools closed with a couple of weeks before the Easter holidays, we all sort of thought that it that this might only be for a couple of months, you know, or it might be for a, quite a short short time, and then and it just seemed to stretch on and on and on. But I remember being feeling very kind of like, how are we going to do this now? How do we do this with the kids mm -hmm. at home all the time and us at home all the time? Um, and that must have been like looking at trying to look at that from the school point of view it must have felt really strange to go from a busy school with a thousand over a thousand pupils down to 50 <laughs> um yeah. in key yeah. in the key worker provision that must have been a really odd kind of um feeling to it yeah i think it was a shock for all of us really i think i remember going and school closing and we actually you know we had to I think our principal would have all happened quite quickly, really. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. So I think it was a shock for staff as well as mm. students. I remember going in and, yeah, we were, we were having some students were coming into the school and then our, and we were just, you know, sending them home, groups of students sending them home and saying, OK, we're going to close now. We're not mm. sure how long for we'll be in touch. And as you said, I think for us, we didn't really think maybe it would be as long as all the way through to the summer holidays. And yeah. then we came back in September. So it's quite yeah. a long time. And then I think... Um, 
so obviously it was you know around this time last year so just before the easter holidays mm. uh, we kind of closed and then i i remember thinking as you said i guess really would be back in by you know this you know after the easter holidays or something yeah and yeah everything would return to normal and then it didn't so i think for me it was definitely a challenge not seeing those students mm. who i usually see for mentoring so i kind of was e i was emailing them and then eventually we okay. set up kind of online mentoring sessions so over google meet but that, that sort of thing all took all took time i yeah. guess to work out and to kind of get in place so at first mm -hmm. it was all as you said a bit of a shock and i definitely maybe wasn't prepared for going moving on moving my kind of chaplaincy work online i, I guess <laughs> it's never, never something i've really had to do as much of so um no, no. I started recording videos i did some youtube videos which i still do now actually every week for the students on on the theme of the week just to try and give them something I guess some sort of positive yeah. each, each week um, yeah. and we would still meet as a team I'm part of the pastoral team in the school would still meet w weekly on Google Meet so that was a good way of kind of checking in with everyone checking that everyone's okay uh, yeah but yeah definitely a, a strange and yeah a bit of a, a strange time for everyone really and a bit a big shock I guess for everyone really mm. and mm. so it's definitely yeah it's definitely been I guess challenging in lots of ways for lots of people mm -hmm. staff students parents for sure parents as you say doing the online learning from home I know we've had a lot mm. of parents who have found that quite difficult so mm. and, and those parents are very grateful that we're now open again and, and I think the students yeah. are happy to be back as well absolutely they are absolutely um I think you know there's I think obviously there have been some there were some young people for whom school was a real struggle and I guess um maybe there are those who are who are finding it a struggle again but I think by and large our children are are really um keen to be back and interestingly I think for some young people some of the changes that have had to be made so for example year group bubbles and not perhaps yeah. moving around the school quite so much um in between lessons and things have have helped some of the those who found those times quite anxiety inducing you know um so i guess well hopefully i uh, you know schools have been a real um i think schools are a real constant aren't they in our community and mm -hmm. part that's part of what was so surprising about or so shocking was partly the speed but also the kind of <laughs> the sudden loss of something that's so um embedded in what we know about young people and their lives you know they will go to school and they will do that until they're 16 and you know um it has a it has a regular rhythm to it that we've all come to expect um, yeah. and for that to suddenly stop and be completely kind of interrupted i guess is is a really big thing hmm. i wonder how you found um did you say that part of your role is to to support the staff as well yeah so how have you found that um in this last year or so yeah so again um i guess it's changed i guess normally i would see staff around the building just check in with them whether that's filling up a water bottle or grabbing a coffee at break time just check that they're okay or popping in to mm -hmm. one of their lessons and just seeing that they're okay um also running kind of groups in the chapel so staff prayer being in, in the chapel mm -hmm. uh, rather than online that's been a, a change i guess so doing it mm -hmm. online I guess another thing I was doing in uh, lockdown was just emailing staff as well and just making sure that they, so 
our principal was emailing all the staff and I'll just add a note as well, just to say, if anyone does want to talk to me or to email me or have a chat on the phone or anything at any point, I'm happy to do that. So um, mm -hmm. to kind of keep in contact with some staff over mm -hmm. email, kind of over Google Meets, kind of online um, and just check that they were doing doing okay really but I guess for me being the chaplain my one of my the main things I do with staff is staff prayer each week which I've mm. continued to do online and getting yeah between five and ten staff to that each week which is really encouraging um and then also every Monday we start our week with a staff briefing and the principal has asked me to start every briefing with a prayer so that's a really good opportunity okay but uh, start the week off for the staff in you know bless the staff with a prayer essentially on in line mm. with the theme of the week is that week so um when the theme of the week's joy for example praying that the staff have a joyful week um yeah and, and i guess it's just trying to um be there for them as well a bit when they then when they need it really or when they need just someone mm. just with them and i think that's part of my role as chaplain but i think as well that's something we do really well as a whole academy really is that people okay. do look yeah. out for one another within their departments or within their curriculum areas they're very mm. good at, i know curriculum leads are very good at looking out for their team and just checking in with their team and making yeah. sure everyone's doing okay really and the other thing i was doing was um emailing staff and students who we knew had lost someone um, okay. and our principal was contacting them as well writing a letter mm. if they had lost someone in their family just i was just emailing them as well and just letting them know that i was praying for them thinking mm. of them mm. um, during that time really so that was another mm. thing i was doing for staff was just when we knew that staff member had lost someone i was just emailing them checking that checking in with them really and just yeah letting, yeah letting yeah. them know that i was thinking of them i was praying for them yeah i mean it sounds like you've got a really kind of sense of a very clear caring ethos at mm. the school um and and things like um um praying on a on a regular basis um yeah. and being able to do that i guess um part of the part of the joy of being a c of e school i i would yeah. imagine um does the school include um kind of multi-faith sort of stuff you've got multi-faiths within school and how does that work as a chaplain yes so we have a lot of muslim students and staff at our school actually so uh, nearly 400 actually so we have kind of a near, about nearly a third of our students are christian nearly a third are muslim and nearly a third are other faith we have quite a few, we have a few hindu students um and then a lot of um students who on their form their parents have put down not no religion or not religious sure. so so we do have quite a mix and i guess my role and our role at the academy is to try and be inclusive and that's something we're very keen to do is to be inclusive yeah. so i will make sure that I, you know we we have a christian ethos it's something you know where i lead prayers mm. um, I, I talk about i lead a we have a verse of the week as well as a theme of the week and a prayer for every day that i put on the powerpoint that i share but then our five values are christian values but they're inclusive because we believe any yeah, student or staff member from any kind of religious background can can be can strive to be joyful to persevere mm -hmm. Uh, to show charity, uh, to be a servant leader, and then also to um, forgive. Forgiveness mm -hmm. is our our fifth value. So we we kind of think those values are a way of uniting everyone. That's what we talk about really. And we talk about our our vision as being is learning together to flourish. So we believe mm -hmm. everyone's mm -hmm. important, everyone's valuable, and everyone um, is included really. And that's something mm -hmm. we're we're striving to do really at the academy. So for me, that's yeah something I I always try and 
think about before I'm delivering a lesson or before mm. I'm delivering an assembly. So for example, I was delivering Lent lessons before we broke up the Easter holidays. And I was talking a lot about Ramadan, which is starting obviously um, very shortly. Mm. Um, and so I was talking about kind of the similarities and differences between Ramadan and Lent and how people in um, Islam give up food and water. Um, mm. People for Lent Christians give up something, maybe chocolate or something for the 40 mm. days. And I think that engages the students because I've got Christians in the room, I've got Muslims in the room and they can see mm. the kind of um, what, what unites them. They can see the kind of um, similarities between their mm. religions and between mm. what they do. So we also provide kind of prayer rooms as well. So within each year group bubble, we've got a prayer. So for year seven, for example, we've got a girls prayer room for Muslim mm. students and a boys prayer room because um, we just want to make sure at lunchtime they've got somewhere to pray, especially during Ramadan. That's going to be really mm -hmm. important when we get back after Easter. They've got somewhere to pray during the lunchtime. So mm -hmm. um, that's something we try and do as well. I also run RE lectures for year 11 and sixth form um, because they do okay. they do their GCSE in year 10 with us. And then in year 11 and sixth form, we, we still provide some RE provision through lectures. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I got an Islamic Relief or a big Islamic charity and just before Easter to speak about their work and their beliefs. So we try and not just have kind of Christian education or Christian mm. um, religious education, but also um, Islam as well. And then we try, also we've had kind of, I guess, different um, elements or other faiths as well. We had a Holocaust survivor come in and speak to year 11 and, and mm. sixth form as well. So mm. um, we're trying to, I guess, make sure the students know about all faiths and that they learn about them obviously in year seven and eight, the younger years, but also the mm. older ones. It's important for them to be aware of their own, maybe their own background and the mm. Christian faith, but also other faiths as well. Mm. Um, and to make sure there's respect there and understanding there. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm trying to work on at the moment is those those RE lectures, making sure we have quite a diverse um, set of speakers really for those lectures. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important and, and all the more so when you have um rep representation from within within your community of different mm. um sort of beliefs and and uh, religions and but it's it's also important i think just in the wider society that we um encourage that respect and encourage that that idea of um we are all human beings <laughs> in the yeah. end yeah. um and um we there are so many things that many more things that um are similar between us than there are than there are differences and where there are differences why not celebrate the difference why not you know why not kind of actually say well it's it's good that we're different we don't want homogeny really you know um too often we we kind of mistake um we we make the mistake of conflating conformity with agreement and you know that kind of uh, that kind of thing and i think that can often look like well in order to be my friend you need to agree with me you mm. know or in order to kind of be part of this group or be part of this community you need to be able to agree on certain on certain things perhaps and um there's there's something in that but i think that actually what we need to be looking at is welcome to our community what is you know let's 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 debate and discuss let's mm. let's talk about the things that we that we are we see differently and you know let's kind of do that with respect and, and try to understand each other's point of view and I think that's a really it's something that we are losing <laughs> in the wider kind of conversations around all sorts of all sorts of things um all sorts of really important issues about identity and um and belief systems and stuff and I think we need to 
promote more of that kind of conversation around difference and how important it is um, that we kind of celebrate that. So it's great. It's really good. Definitely. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think that's yeah. something I'm definitely aware of. The students want to do. They want to debate. They want to have those discussions. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, great. And I think, as you, as you said, really, it's just important. Um, we allow them to have them in a kind of respectful yeah community yeah. in a respectful way and in a way where people's yeah. beliefs and values are respected but i think as you say the conversations are it's good to have them and it's good to have those yeah. and debates as you say what do we agree on what do we disagree on where are the similarities whereas yeah. where the differences i think that's yeah. yeah that's something which i think as you say a healthy community is one where those conversations are able to happen and we're able to have those respectful yeah. conversations about our beliefs and values and, and where we agree but also where we disagree yeah yeah, absolutely. That's great. Tim, thank you ever so much um, for this conversation today. It's been, yeah, it's been really good to hear about the work of the Chelsea Academy. Um, I'm, quite, I'm, quite, I'm quite envious <laughs> in a way. Like, that's the kind of, that, that I'd love to do that. No, it's fine. I'm not after your job. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, if I ever leave, I'll keep you in mind. Yeah. <laughs> So in this section, the Jenny takeaways section, I want to draw out a few points from that conversation you've just been listening to. I wonder if they're the same points that you might take from it. As someone who's passionate about working in schools, it's really interesting to hear from a school chaplain. In fact, as a model, chaplaincy is pretty hard to beat, as it means having someone embedded in the school community. The job is pastoral care, the nurturing of spiritual development checking in with staff and students alike to support their sense of well-being. Of all the conferences that I have ever been to, of all the um, sort of sound bites that I have ever heard, one that really stays with me is one that talks about chaplaincy. Um, And the phrase that kind of keeps coming back to me is that phrase used at that time, which was, I have time for you. And in a school environment where not many of our teaching kind of staff are able to do that just through sheer kind of um, the sheer relentlessness of the school day it's really important I think to have somebody within the school community say that I have time. Tim talked about mentoring for those students who are vulnerable the increase of the uptake including those who've lost someone to Covid. We've heard numbers on the news but it can be really hard to take those in when you've got students in a school community who've experienced this loss really does bring it into sharper focus and I'm again this is another place where a chaplain can really um, make a big difference to those students and students and staff experience loss. We also talked about interfaith and I've been intrigued by um, working in this kind of way for a little while now. This conversation really confirmed to me why it's important that encouraging of respectful conversations between individuals who have differing faiths is really crucial. Giving young people good conversation skills and understanding might they need not be fearful of difference, but celebrate it, something so essential right now. And we're going to hear from somebody else in the next um, episode or two about a bit more about that. Um, so do watch out for that coming up. I'll just remind you that my book is available in Kindle and print format from my website and also that I offer mentoring to youth workers. Whatever context you're in, this is something you're interested in, get in touch. Put contact details in the show notes, but the main way to contact me is by email on hello at jennyosborne.org. 
And finally, I use the Anchor.fm app to record and publish the Jenny Talks podcast. It's so easy to do and I'd recommend it highly if you're interested in getting into podcasting. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share and until next time. Thank you.